0: Welcome to Don't Tell Baba, the conversational podcast with Middle Eastern flair. My name is Shireen, and my co-host is Nood, and today we're going to be talking about things we love.
1: Which should be a really fun and chill and good episode.
0: Yeah, because we're like dying a little bit.
1: (laughs) I am fucking miserable.
0: It is miserable. I mean, we're all going through a very traumatic historical event.
1: Yeah, but I feel like we actually need to address that this is traumatic.
0: Oh, yeah, it's extremely traumatic. Like, we're not going to come out of this unscathed.
1: As much as I preach, like, being very in touch with, you know, yourself and how you're feeling and what you need, I find that I have a hard time acknowledging when something I'm going through is actually a difficult thing to be going through.
0: I know this about you, actually. Do you? (laughs) I do know this about you. I learned this about me yesterday. <laughs> oh, I've I've known that what the hell? <laughs> I've known this about you like our entire friendship. Oh shit. Really? Yeah. Yes. I wow, I wish I had been a little more self-aware. I wish I had told you this thing about yourself earlier.
1: <laughs> I mean, it's not your job. No,
0: <laughs> I guess not.
1: <laughs> okay, so I was thinking about this because I was thinking about like how I lost my job I know I keep harping on it Mm -hmm. but I was thinking about how I didn't address the grief of that loss until like two years later where I'm like (laughs) where I'm like now processing that I lost a job that I loved and that that like that okay so what I'm saying is you need to like I need to, I'm speaking for myself. I need to acknowledge that the thing is like a really bad thing because I feel like my brain just wants to like truck through and pretend like it's all okay. Mm -hmm. Or like my brain puts me down for feeling bad where it's like, I can't believe you're feeling bad about this. Buck the fuck up. Mm -hmm. What is wrong with my brain?
0: I I think you're allowed to feel bad about whatever you want to feel bad about. I personally uh, complain... Whenever the hell I want to. And I feel like, like in our childhood and adolescence, like when we were in Abu Dhabi, people used to give me a lot of shit for it. They'd be like, oh, you're so negative. You complain all the time. I'm like, no, I'm just really honest about my feelings. When things are bad, we should just say they're bad. Right.
1: But here's the thing I can do that with like little things. So, for example, If I stub my toe, I will give myself a full three minutes of like being upset about that because it's really annoying. I also know this about you, Nude. (laughs) But when it's like a big, important thing, when it's like I lost my job and I'm grieving or when it's like my father is sick and I am worried or when it's like we are in quarantine because of a global pandemic and I'm stressed about the unknown like that's the first time I've said those words out loud
0: well you should allow yourself to be upset about these things because the pandemic is very traumatic and the global response has been very poor and we don't really have a lot of control over this pandemic which is also scary um there's just a lot there's there's just a lot of stuff going on
1: and like we have no idea where this is gonna go we have absolutely no clue how long this is happening so just like the bare fact of like we don't know how long we're going to be socially isolating at home which Mm. like sucks a little bit right yeah of course all the way to we don't know if we're going to have a complete crash in everything we've ever known where total systems collapse
0: Mm, but a revolution sounds like really good to me right now (laughs) Okay, same also, but on the back of a pandemic? I mean, Nude, it's unfortunate, but it's the pandemic that's really showing us how broken our systems are. I'm sorry that capitalism had to catch COVID, but it'd be like that. <laughs> like, do I wish that people had just sat down and been like, hmm, workers deserve rights? Of course I wish that. I, I, I It kind of sucks that I had to come on the heels of a great global pandemic but rich people are like that. So, oh, Mike
1: was telling me about an article he read where a millionaire or billionaire, whatever, a capitalist was writing about Bernie Sanders and the response to Bernie Sanders' response to the pandemic. So basically the public is very pleased with Bernie Sanders and the way Bernie Sanders has been handling things. Mm -hmm. And this capitalist who wrote this article was like salty as fuck. And apparently the article ended with, and I hate it, but I'm not sure if it actually ended that way or if Mike's memory embellished this excellent ending line.
0: God, that's so petty. Also, why are we even giving Why are we even giving platforms to billionaires? Can I hear from the working class, please? Thank you. Hang
1: on. Are the billionaires unhappy? Because I want to hear about that.
0: No, I don't. First of all, if the billionaires are unhappy, they can stay unhappy. <laughs> it's time to eat the rich. I'm tired of them. All of them are out here being like, we gave a million dollars. And that's like the equivalent of $30 if I were to give it. And I'm like, give oh, more. God. Open up your purse. I'm tired of you. You guys are going to give us a $1,200 check each that's how much it costs to make a guillotine so like make up your mind right
1: yeah no I'm I'm with you I'm ready for the revolution it's
0: just how do I put this I'm ready for the revolution but also I'm kind of tired I'm also very tired. I just want to tell you something revived me. A woman was walking on the sidewalk and I'm sitting right by my window and she was holding something in her arms and I was like, what is that? It was a little white rabbit. She's taking her rabbit on a walk. (laughs) Los Angeles is the best. I took the cats out on the walk the other day.
1: I was just carrying them in my arms. They need some fresh air. A little bunny. Oh, my God, that's wonderful.
0: Yeah, it just needs some fresh air. Anyway, we're we're not here to harp about COVID, even though it's very bad. And if you're an essential worker, our thoughts are with you. If you are working in the medical field, God help you. Uh, I can't even imagine. You. And we thank you. And we know that you are putting your life at risk every single day. Um, And to everybody who's lost their jobs, we're thinking of you. Just everybody has been impacted in one way or another, essential or not. (laughs) So
1: Honestly, like I'm so, so, so deeply grateful to obviously the staff on the front lines who are facing the absolute worst of this crisis. Oh, yeah. But I'm also sorry for the kids who are not going to get to walk the stage for their graduations.
0: Yeah. Dude, there's a lot of things like my little sister's graduation got postponed indefinitely. Exactly. Yeah. Like it's, it's just like it, this is just the way it has to be right now, but I'm telling everybody as a scientist, we will get through this uh, viruses. can't. They don't last forever. That's just not the way they behave, you know? Like so. Prom dude, if our prom got canceled, I would have been a wreck. Our prom was like 30 minutes long. Yeah, but we had it. But we we had those 30 minutes it! and we will hang on to them. <laughs> we took enough photographs to satisfy me and that's all that counts. We took enough like the number of photographs we took, you would think it was a 45 minute prom. Right? <laughs> right? We were we I were like we were hustling. Was, was there also a prom after party? Nude, we went to your house and had a sleepover. That was the prom after party. <laughs> I remember an after party so clearly. The after That's party funny. was in your bedroom anyway. <laughs> it was a sleepover. Yes,
1: yes, yes, yes. This I remember. It was But like, see, I feel really sad that these experiences aren't going to happen for this year's graduating class in the same way. I know there's bigger problems, but that's that's the tearjerker for me. Those are the kids because I know them. Right. And I think about them and I think about how they've been like preparing for prom and thinking about it. And there was the whole committee and and like now it's just gone thin air, you know, like they and they're so young. Their their frontal lobe hasn't fully formed. Their judgment centers are weak. They're devastated. They're they're
0: poor. The poor frontal lobe. Had on. <laughs> Did I get that right? Is it their frontal lobe? I I don't know anything about brain development. Oh, <laughs> That's not God. the kind of scientist I am.
1: I just expect you to know all science related things. I like text Shushu Shireen. Can you identify this bug?
0: No, <laughs> no, because I'm not a bug scientist. Also, bugs are gross. So, um. Okay, our 10 minutes of COVID is up. Can you tell me okay. one thing that you love? Plants. Plants. Tell us about plants. Houseplants were a trend in the 70s. And that mm-hmm. trend has come
1: back so hard starting in like 2017, I want to say. Mm-hmm. And like it has blown up in the past couple of years.
0: Yeah, I, I read an article, maybe also on like 2017, 2018, that said that millennials love plants because it kind of fills a gap in our lives. like Because we're missing community and social interaction because like, you know, social media, I guess. (laughs) And so we love plants because it's something to take care of and it's like filling that hole that social media has created that is supposed to be filled by community, but we don't have communities anymore. So like what (laughs) gives, we should just buy plants. So I disagree with most of that. Okay. I
1: completely agree that plants have risen in popularity, and I completely agree that they're filling a hole. I don't think that the hole they're filling is the community and friendship hole. (laughs) What
0: hole are they filling?
1: I think they're filling the hole where so much of the natural world around us is being torn down acre after acre, moment after
0: moment. I don't know about that because I... I, I don't know I've, I've not been a plant person I I do but I do feel like ha- having something to care for is also yeah, like
1: it's a thing but Millennials also love dogs and Millennials love cats and plants yeah. don't fill that hole more than pets
0: no I know but plants like if it dies you're not going to be that devastated and also they're less expensive than dogs and cats and Millennials are famously broke you know yeah
1: this is all true but I I mean, I can almost guarantee you, as being a member of the plant community. And when I say mm-hmm. that, I mean Instagram, YouTube, Facebook plant groups, like yeah. wherever I can get in on a plant conversation, I'm probably going to be there.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, I'll even go so far as to leave comments on YouTube saying things like, wow, this helped, this helpful. Wow, <laughs> this video was so informative. Thank you for the help. I will try to propagate my pothos now. Thumbs up like a 45 year old mom.
0: Wow. That's amazing.
1: (laughs) Right. So like maybe the community you get with other plant lovers gives you a sense of community. But being in your house with your plants, I promise that's not a sense of community. But it does feel like a jungle and it does feel like a vacation.
0: That's nice. I mean, I I wouldn't know. I just read it in an article and I said, huh. (laughs) And that was pretty much it.
1: Yeah, no, totally fair. And I'm sure for some I mean, I can't discount that these Facebook groups form legitimate friendships, like with plant swaps and you start meeting the same people and you get to know like the other plant lovers who are around you or in your neighborhood. And that's really lovely. It's really cool.
0: Yeah, yeah, it sounds great. It sounds beautiful.
1: But not only that, it's like every time a new leaf emerges, it's like this incredible feat of life succeeding. Mm. And it's this reminder that your space is lush and supportive of life. Mm-hmm. So I've always loved plants. I've always loved plants. Um, and I didn't get into the houseplant trend as much until this past year.
0: Yeah.
1: And the reason why is because I'm usually an outdoor gardener. Mm-hmm. Even when I was in the condo, I would have like like my outside balcony garden. Yeah, yeah. Winters just started to get too long and there was too much time where I wasn't outside gardening. So I was like, let me just, you know, start bringing plants inside. And I started with roses and roses are impossible to keep indoors. Oh, yeah. So I started. Yeah. So I started watching YouTube videos and like learning about the kinds of plants that would thrive indoors. And I'd bring them in and they like they grew and grew and grew. And I have this one tree that I've had for two years that came to me as like this little three foot tall money tree. And now it's this six foot tall giant, Mm -hmm. you know, and the, the leaves are bigger than my face. And every time I'm next to it, I feel like I'm somewhere warm and happy where sun shines. Like you can fool yourself into thinking that your space is much more habitable. Than it might be with plants, girl.
0: Girl, we gotta get you somewhere, Sunny. Like (laughs) I'm I'm terrified for you right now.
1: I am dying. It's been so dark for so long. And then just today, Mike and I went out into the backyard to put up some netting for the morning glories that I grow in the summer. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll share pictures. It'll be cute. It's okay. But yeah, so we were out like hanging netting because the sun came out for like two minutes. And literally, we were out there for maybe 20 minutes. And then it like, there was a typhoon.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> dude, I'm tired of your weather for you. Like, Thank you. It's 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 18 Celsius here right now. I'm so mad. So you know, spring has sprung here in Los Angeles. Oh, 18 degrees Celsius is the perfect time to start putting seeds out. Mm-hmm. And yet you are in Canada. But why don't you tell us like what is your favorite plant? How often do you engage with this hobby?
1: I Okay, so I'll start with how often I engage with this hobby. Mm -hmm. I engage with this hobby literally daily. Mm -hmm. So I'll go around to all of the plants. Most of them are downstairs. I only have a couple upstairs because the light isn't as good and we don't spend as much time upstairs. Um, But... I'll go around to every plant every day. Check the soil, pick it up, look at the leaves, see if it's developing a new one. Maybe shoot some photos. Um, you know, maybe see if it wants to be moved. Maybe see if it needs to be repotted. Check the roots, check the soil, whatever. Like depends on the last time I picked up that particular plant. Mm-hmm. Water what needs to be watered. Um, take mental note of what needs to be done with what plant. Uh, check for pests, kill pests because I currently have mealy bugs. Ew. And I know they fucking suck. I've mostly eradicated them, but I still have two plants that have them. Like, I just go in there with like a cotton swab and alcohol and I just like legitimately pick them off. Ew. Girl. I know. I know. I know. I know. But it's totally fine because it keeps the plant healthy and shiny and lush. I'll dust mm-hmm. the leaves on the plants with the big leaves. I'll organize them for photos. I'll stage them so that my cat looks cute next to them or whatever, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And my favorite plant. This is going to be such a cliche, but it really is my favorite plant. Which um, is it? It's my pink princess philodendron, and I have three of them.
0: I mean, it's a nice plant, though. Like, you've showed me pictures a couple of times, and it's an objectively nice plant. It's
1: gorgeous. So it has a vining growth pattern, but because it's a tropical plant, it has, like, a thick Thick vine mm-hmm. and the leaves. So the pink princess philodendron is actually, I think it's just a philodendron red emerald or aerobescence, mm-hmm. but it has a virus. And what? the virus, yeah. So variegation in plants, either white variegation, cream variegation, yellow variegation, or um, pink variegation, is actually a virus in the plant that attacks its chlorophyll, like, sorry, that attacks yeah, the chlorophyll. Mm -hmm. So it impacts its ability to photosynthesize and get enough sunlight to keep it growing. So plants try to eradicate this virus. And it's this constant battle with my pink princesses of being like, no, you have enough light and you have enough water and you're fertilized and you're happy. You don't Mm -hmm. need to eradicate the virus. Stay pink, stay pink.
0: Yeah. (laughs) So that's fun as fuck. Sure. Yeah, I can imagine. It sounds stressful to me, but I see why that might be fun. It's. It's very rewarding. Yeah. I mean, you you love it. You're always like plant- planting about.
1: I am planting about or painting plant pots or buying plants or looking at plants online or watching plant videos on YouTube. I really like plants. You, She loves plants, everyone. <laughs> what do you love, Shireen?
0: You know, I was like thinking about this because I was like, I feel like everybody knows what I love on this podcast because I'm not... The kind of person who doesn't constantly share what i'm into <laughs> so i tried to come up with like a brand new list of things because i was like maybe these are things that the audience doesn't know um, oh that's exciting because i was like some things are just a given like everybody knows i love shakespeare right it's not a surprise <laughs> so i love singing i don't know how many people know that because i don't sing in public
1: <laughs> um So I think we've mentioned it only a couple of times, Mm -hmm. but I think that this is an underrated Shireen fact. Like, you are an
0: outstanding singer. So thank you. Uh, What happened was that I was, like, super stressed in undergrad, and uh, I've always, like, really loved theater and musical theater, just, like, in general, outside of singing. I just really... Love all the ways there are to tell stories and musical theater and regular theater are like two of the ways you can tell a story. And so I remember I was reading something about musical theater and it was like, oh, singing is really good for anxiety. And I was like, interesting. This was like pre-therapy Shereen, right? <laughs> yeah. So long story short, I have like four years of musical theater training, which is like Amazing. a really it's just like a really weird thing that People are so weirded out when they find out. I don't know. Maybe I don't strike them as the type, but it it actually does relieve a lot of stress. Singing does relieve stress in general I, for people. I
1: completely agree. I completely agree. I am not a good singer, but I enjoy singing very much. So I can back you up 100% on this. But OK, let's backtrack. You're in first year. You decide I'm going to go take a singing class. Mm-hmm. How like what made you do it for four years?
0: I don't know, I just really liked it and I'm just also the kind of person when I start something, I want to get good at it. So, I know that you like to g- get good at things right away. <laughs> I'm yeah. I'm like uh I'm like the a long haul kind of person, right? So like Yeah. The first time I sing it's not good, but I'm like if I keep going again and again and again and again, I'll eventually get better. And so it's the promise of eventually getting better that always keeps me coming back to things that is a much
1: healthier perspective to life
0: (laughs) than mine I I mean but like there's also a chance that it takes you that much longer than than like than they say it should you know and then there's disappointment involved in that um I kind of already had like a foot in the door because I play the piano and I'm like Semi advanced enough where uh, I can hear and mimic like notes and pitch pretty well, so maybe getting started wasn't as hard as as it could have been. Um, so yeah, at least had- I had that. At least I, I, at least I had like an ear for music. Um, especially because when you do go to voice lessons, um, they usually start you at the piano, uh, and you'll right. you'll sing to piano accompaniment. So I already had an ear for that kind of music.
1: That's my favorite kind of singing to piano accompaniment.
0: Yeah, I, I love the piano. I mean, piano is great because like it can really match any range that you are. Um, and so, yeah, you like go through singing lessons. You do you learn warm ups. You learn vocal exercises. You learn not to hate your own voice, which is really hard for me because I don't like my own voice. I don't like my speaking voice. I'm fine with my singing voice now after like, You don't
1: like your speaking voice?
0: No not really. It, I'm I'm like ambivalent
1: about it. Really? And I love yeah. your speaking voice. It's very clear but
0: sweet. That is really interesting. I agree that it's clear. I actually enunciate very well. I know that. Um, I
1: think we both do because we grew up in the Emirates and we were mm -hmm. never certain about the way we were pronouncing words.
0: A hundred percent. I think we speak differently just because we were speaking English in a non-English speaking country. Uh, and mm-hmm. I don't I think it's great. You know, it's really good for you for audiobook narration. Annunciation is also really important for singing, especially for like um, musical theater style performances. Uh, very often when you listen to mainstream singers, if you don't understand what they're saying because their words are slurring together, they're having mm-hmm. trouble with enunciating. Here's the thing.
1: That's become like a trend. Yesterday, Mike and I were listening to like hit new music. I was texting you the entire yeah. time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mike and I were listening to hit new music and it's, it's all incredibly stupid. <laughs> and nobody enunciates. In fact, nobody knows how to
0: sing. What is happening? I, I don't know. Um, I personally was not trained to be able to sing with any kind of mainstream tone. Uh, I can only sing musical theater. So what's I,
1: the difference? How would like how would mainstream um kind of pop music differ from the way you were trained?
0: So the thing is, I don't know exactly, but when I started my vocal coaching, my coach asked me what style are you here to get trained in? And she was like, you know, there's pop, there's jazz, there's musical theater. And I said musical theater, right? I think if you just listen to pop, for example, versus musical theater, you can kind of hear the difference. They hold notes a lot less, and there's a lot less vibrato Mm -hmm. in in the singing. Mm -hmm. And I don't know how to. I mean, like, I can control my vibrato, obviously, because I'm a trained singer, but I also, when I'm singing, feel more tempted to throw it in than not, right? Which means when I'm trying to sing along to pop, like, I just can't. I can't.
1: (laughs) I'm like, fair enough.
0: Why is this not a Broadway showstopper? I'm so mad. Like, why are your notes so short? (laughs) Oh my God.
1: Yeah. Okay. Fair enough.
0: I hear you. Yeah. I didn't really have any like great illusions about like being on Broadway or anything, but I don't know. I guess I'd like to do community theater one day. I'm just, I'm shy. That would be fun. (laughs) I'm shy about singing.
1: Oh, speaking of shy, I actually have a legit question because I like to watch. I really like YouTube in case Mm -hmm. anyone was unsure. I really fucking like YouTube, but like I was watching um, voice lessons on YouTube because I love that shit. Mm -hmm. And I always feel like awkward during mm-hmm. vocal warmups, even when they're happening on the screen. I feel awkward and cringy about vocal warmups. I don't know where the fuck this hangup came from, but did you ever feel awkward and cringy about vocal warmups?
0: Mm, Not really. And I think maybe it's because of part of my Royal Board of Music piano training. Um, (laughs) I had to... um, singing was part of it. Not being good at it, but being able to like mimic melodies was part Mm -hmm. of it. And it was kind of similar to vocal warmups. And so I was doing those stupid like singing along sections in my stupid Royal Board exams and in a room with a decomposing white British man. (laughs) So if I was able to do that... I was able to do it in a vocal coaching context. Okay, yeah, fair enough. Yeah, but I think normally, I nor- I mean, the thing is, like, I'm awkward most of the time. So <laughs> I see why it would be awkward.
1: Do you? Because I don't know where this hangup of mine comes from. It's just odd. Like, even the om um sound in, like, yoga, like, when mm-hmm. I go to a yoga class, when at the end they're like, okay, now everybody let's, um, I I can't do it. I'm not actually making noise. I'm just sitting there and I'm like, you know, going "Mm," on the inside, but I'm not like opening my mouth to go I don't know what the hang up is. I should probably ruminate on that.
0: You should. And you know what? I because I only sing like privately and at home to myself, uh, I don't even Mm -hmm. do warm ups. So whatever. (laughs) (laughs) I know how to do them. I just don't.
1: (laughs) I do. I do warm ups before recording audiobook chapters, but they're very different. It's uh Drink some water, red leather, yellow leather, red leather, yellow leather. Drink some water, fuzzy wuzzy was a bear.
0: (laughs) Drink some water.
1: (laughs) Peter Piper picked a peck of pickled peppers. Drink some water. Like, you know.
0: Yeah, Yeah, the thing is, though, like when I've recorded like short stories I've written and stuff for this podcast, my voice gets tired so fast, but my voice doesn't get tired when I sing. So the warm ups are just so that you're starting off on the right pitch and sound Uh, but for me if I start off rough at the beginning I'm like who cares like nobody is here to listen to me (laughs) so (laughs) right yeah no I get it yeah fucking
1: singing is awesome
0: singing is awesome I think like even if you're not a great singer you should still sing I think it's it's just a delightful beautiful thing and like we all have the ability to do it For anyone who's interested, I'm a mezzo-soprano, which means I'm not a soprano. I'm like a step below it, so I still have like a middle range. And that's it. I don't think anybody cares about that, but... (laughs) I wish I understood it. (laughs) Uh, So you know what a soprano is, right?
1: No. Besides the show about the mobsters, no. Like I actually don't know the different names for the different sections and pitches in voice.
0: Okay, so a soprano is... uh, so, like, if you were to play Christine Daae in The Phantom of the Opera, they would cast a soprano for that role. She has to have a very developed upper range, you know? Okay, nice. And so being a step below that where you're not able to hit the highest high note, you would be a mezzo-soprano, and then you, like, keep going down stepwise. Okay, so basically. what's after... So soprano's higher,
1: the highest pitch.
0: There, It's complicated. There are a lot. There, there's just, There's just a lot of, like... Italian words for range I just know my range because it's what I ended up developing after four years of musical theater training that's it
1: amazing oh my god I wish I knew you know what maybe one day I'll do like voice classes when I have the money to take all the classes I want to take
0: what, yeah I mean what what um what kind of music do you think you would want to be trained to sing
1: heavy metal are you
0: serious
1: yeah entirely
0: yeah. See, like I wouldn't be able to do that. That's the thing. Well, like once you commit, I can sing jazz, but like once you commit, it's, it's really hard to learn a different style in my experience. I don't know.
1: I get it. But here's the thing that I love so much about metal. It's, I mean, I shouldn't say heavy metal, metal, new metal, mm-hmm. punk metal, like metal. All right. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the the band System of a Down? No. Okay, so listeners, the band system of It Down, if you listen to the vocalist, it's not always like just ah! like screaming.
0: Okay, it's, but there's that's, a lot of, that's screamo.
1: Because that's screamo, exactly. Yeah. There's like a lot of operatic um, movements in metal. Mm-hmm. So it's not just the, the screaming. A lot of the chorus is screaming, but most of it is like these big theatrical operatic like I just said movements and I would love to learn how to sing in like that kind of range
0: Mm, I mean yeah someone someone out there knows how to teach it so I say God's need (laughs) thank you so much for this approval it means so much to me so what's what's another thing that you love
1: um horses
0: (laughs) I know this about you but this is also like maybe what is considered a rare nude fact to this podcast We've never talked about horses.
1: I've never talked about horses. So I have about like overarchingly in my life, I have about six months of learning on like horseback. Mm -hmm. And it was the most amazing thing in the world. And I loved it so much. And the horse I rode was named Quinn. And he was such a handsome boy. (laughs) But he was also kind of a grouch and he was really nibbly. So I'd be like, putting his shit on. And believe me, I don't remember what any of the stuff is called, but I remember Mm -hmm. how to put it on. Right. Yeah. I'm putting all of this stuff on him and he's just like trying to eat my fingers and it's like affectionate, but also Mm -hmm. he's a goddamn horse with a big mouth. (laughs) (laughs) I I don't know. I'm not a good writer. I'm not like skilled. I'm not, you know, like a classic. I'm never, ever going to compete in writing. I have no desire to do so. Mm -hmm. But my absolute highest dream, like the dream that I hold most dear in my heart and mind that I never ever talk about with anyone except for Mike, because this dream is like really close to my heart. So you guys are getting the deep, deep is I want to live on like a large plot of land with a custom built home um, that I want to actually take part in building and designing. And I want to have a couple of horses on a hobby ranch and enough land to have trails to just like ride my horses through my land sometimes, like far away from anything and anyone with my horses and some trails and maybe a stream or a babbling brook, perhaps a willow tree and a large white stone placed underneath it just so to sit and ruminate.
0: Nice. I like that. I'm really into that dream. (laughs) Thank you so much. I'm really supportive of it happening so I can come over. And like, I've I've, I've never but, yes. been like, I don't, I, I like don't know how to ride a horse, but I feel like I would just learn because the environment would be uh, good for that.
1: <laughs> Here's the thing. Like, obviously with horseback riding, there is so much to learn. And there are so many different styles of riding a horse.
0: Mm-hmm. But if
1: you just want to get on the back of a horse... It's like there's nothing to learn. You just sit on the goddamn horse and then you, you know, be gentle and communicate with it and then you move forward. Mm-hmm. It's fine.
0: <laughs> like- yeah. I mean, like I, I would have been interested in horseback riding, but A, it was expensive and B, my mom was always scared that it would be tossed off and just like break into a million pieces. So mm. that never happened to me. But I know I you've always loved horses since I've known you. I
1: have. I've also fallen off horses multiple times, of course.
0: I mean if I feel it's a given but you know I I don't know. I guess it's the my excuse? mom's like extra alarmed about me. Uh, I look very breakable. That's very true. Um, I don't I don't look like I can sustain a fall of any kind. Can you? Falling down the stairs would probably take me out. Oh my god. <laughs> Never mind a horse. I mean, stairs are a lot harder
1: though, and the distance from like the top of a horse to the ground really depends on the horse.
0: Can I buy you a pony? Yeah, sure. I'll trot <laughs> beside you on a baby little pony. I promise it'll be cute. We'll name it Sugar. Oh, that is cute though. <laughs>
1: So, yeah, that's like my deepest held dream. I already have the grounds like drawn up in my brain. I know where my gazebo is. I know what flowers I'm growing. I know how my horse looks. I I know where we're walking. I can like it's just so fucking clear in my mind that I know it's a matter of time.
0: Yeah. Like, what the hell? Why can't like even I can picture this land? What the <laughs> hell? What the hell? <laughs>
1: I don't know where it is. I don't know when it is, but it's like that's that's where I go to be like, is there a reason to live? Oh and my then God. that's <laughs> I mean, we're we're real on this podcast and I am bipolar type too, which means mm-hmm. that I go through some incredibly dark and horrible days that I'm not willing to talk about but Mm -hmm. some days it does come down to like do I want to continue living like is there a reason to do so Mm -hmm. and when you're like scrambling through your brain trying to find something it's good to have an image of of what is possible you don't always believe yourself but there's something there you know
0: Mm -hmm.
1: and when you don't believe yourself wait it out the worst way probably don't last longer than 24 to 48 hours. And that's a crisis.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: So call a hotline, talk to your loved ones, um, do better than I do. And uh, that's my PSA for the episode. Back to horses. (laughs) Back to horses. Yeah, I'm a weird horse girl. I was always jealous of two friends that you and I had in school who did ride horses and who traveled to camp to ride horses.
0: God, like what kind of white nonsense is that? What the hell? (laughs) horse camp. (laughs) Do you remember, though,
1: the summer that they came back?
0: Yes, I do remember the summer they came back. You were like, you were dying. Like, I was so jealous. But my mom always said,
1: right, so real. Uh, My mom always said I couldn't ride horses because of my hymen. So what? That was the excuse I was given. Um, Years later, when my mother and I discussed it, she said, No, it was just expensive and I wanted to shut you up. I'm like, How was telling me that my hymen is important a better way to shut me up than just telling me the money's not there? I would be fine with that. I would just shrug and be like, All right, cool. I'll just be rich then.
0: (laughs) I got told that it was expensive and that. I would die is basically what I was told, <laughs> um, which probably is like true on both counts. We just don't know. We, we will never know. Okay. Um, okay. But like in that order, no, because it's too expensive and you'll die. <laughs> I mean, yeah, but um, I mean, but God damn it. There's just something so Arab about it being like, but your hymen, like, okay, mm-hmm. what the mm. <laughs> what.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, 100%. And then, like, years later, I was like, then why the fuck did she let me ride a bike?
0: (laughs) You're like, wait, it's all the same thing. It was all falling together many years later.
1: Just like, what the fuck ever was happening? So, no, I didn't get to ride horses. I never... Okay, I did get to ride horses. I had many opportunities to ride horses. Mm-hmm. I've been on horses many times, but I've never had lessons or like a consistent horse until I started riding Quinn two summers ago.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But then my job, and it's fine. It's Next fine. year, You'll the get year back after.
0: To it. Yeah. Yeah. Horses will always be there. Are you into horses? I will be honest that horses kind of scare me, but I'm really into the concept of horses. So, like, probably if I was, like, with you, I would not be scared. I would, but I would... I would never let anything happen. No, I know. But that, and that's why, like, I would need kind of a stabilizing presence around a horse. <laughs>
1: nice. So, Quinn was the biggest horse I ever rode. And, like, mm-hmm. it, like, the top of his head was well above the top of my head. So, mm-hmm. he would be able to, like, nibble on my hair. Mm-hmm. And the first time his giant gnashing teeth came towards my face, I was like, Oh,
0: horses can be scary. Yeah. (laughs) But yeah, that's horses. What else do you love? This is also one that like throws people for a loop. And I like don't know what's wrong with people because I feel like it's pretty obvious the kind of person I am. But like I love Disney princesses and people always get (laughs) weird. People, you know this about me, but like people always get really weirded out. And I'm like, I'm a really serious person. I know that. But like I have taste. Everybody. Oh my God. Wait,
1: how are people surprised that you like Disney princesses? You are a Disney princess.
0: Thank you. So I've heard there are like two groups of people, the group who are like what in the actual hell and the group who's who are like checks out because you are one. So. (laughs) And I don't know. I I don't know what those two different groups are seeing. I just know that I and I always have to specify to the shocked group. I unironically love Disney princesses. I just I think they're great. I don't see what's bad about them.
1: Here's the thing. Loving things. Ironically. Is just loving things with shame.
0: Literally, I don't have (laughs) shame. Like, you've been to Disneyland with me. Bouncing off the walls. Disneyland was the best. Yes, I've been bouncing off the walls with these princesses. Like, I love them so much. (laughs) Okay, so who's your favorite princess? I already okay. know, but tell the audience. Okay, my favorite princess is Belle, because, you know, I was like a weird bookwormy child, and she was a weird bookwormy princess, and you're just like, hmm, same struggles. Okay, okay favorite romance? Um, It's honestly, it's still Belle and the Beast. <laughs> oh my um, god, really? Yeah, it's it's so like, oh my god, just the fact that he like, loves her for the things she was shamed for in her village it was like a huge thing to me huge
1: i agree with you and i'm Mm. on the same page
0: but what about the stockholm
1: syndrome of it all
0: (laughs) it's that's not stockholm syndrome though there are there are a lot of articles by people who actually have the education to back this up that tell you that it's not
1: (laughs) oh that's awesome Yeah. (laughs) Because all the articles I've read are like, here's why this is not okay. And I'm like,
0: please stop destroying everything I love. Please. The thing is, Belle does not fall in love with her captor as he is. And that's like a really important thing to note. That is true. She only falls in love with him after he saves her from the wolves. She yells at him about having a shitty temper and he starts to clean his act up. That's true. So... No, I'm I'm still going to I I'm still going to like stand this relationship. I'm sorry. Oh no, I stand this relationship too when the,
1: when the beast turns into the prince at the end. I oh. remember the first moment that I saw this as a small child. I remember this moment and I remember being like, "Oh, so that's what hot means." <laughs>
0: So they, they like, re-released it in, in cinemas, like, um, to celebrate, I don't know, whatever anniversary. Uh, mm-hmm. And I went to see it with my mom and my sisters. And at the end, I just, like, and I've seen this movie a million times, right? But at the end, I just, like, burst into tears. And my mom really? was, like, "Yeah," you know, my mom was, like, haishinu, like, you've seen this movie before. And I was just, like, and I just, like, turned to her, like, it's just so beautiful. <laughs> that is it how much is. I love princesses. I'm so emotional about them.
1: Okay, I feel like I have to add my two cents. My actual favorite princess romance is Jasmine and Aladdin. I actually love how they meet.
0: It's a super cute romance, honestly. It's so cute. That's like adorable.
1: He's like a rascal and she's kind of a rascal and they're just these rascally little kids and you can't
0: help but vouch for them, goddammit. Oh, our favorite halal couple. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. (laughs) <laughs> but yeah, I, I I just love Disney princesses. I I I know that people have a lot of critiques about them, but like, as someone who has always been like very typically like feminine and whatever, like I I don't know, I just kindred spirits, right? Yeah, With these women who are like super feminine, but still incredibly intelligent, still like making sacrifices for family and people they love and all that stuff I could just relate to.
1: Oh, wait. Mulan's story was a pretty cute love story too.
0: Oh my God. Yeah. Because like they meet in the army. I'm into that. Yeah. I'm into it. I'm really into it. Yeah. I'm like, I don't think there's a single one, like even the ones that I love to insult, you know, like when I watch Pocahontas, I'm like, who's this like white colonizer, right? But
1: then Yeah. I, the Pocahontas story though, is it's, I know that all of Disney is a little bit of problematic, but no, that know, one is exceptionally. But-
0: but at the end, though, even I'm just like, whatever, girl, I get it. Like, be free. Like, I can't even be mad because they are good at selling a fairy tale romance. Like, that is their job at Disney is to write those stories well, and they do it
1: well. They they really, really, really do. Um, yeah. Okay, Disney princesses was a good one. So I've given you plants and horses. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I know that my last one was horses, but now I'm going to, like, just make it a bit more general. I love all animals. Like this is I am true. do people know about our pets?
0: I think so. Nude has like a whole menagerie uh at her house. I
1: do. I have a dog, two cats, a snake, and four rats, and they are all very well loved and get a lot of time and attention and care from me. so don't worry about how many animals are in the house. I know sometimes people worry, yeah. <laughs> Um, But yeah, I really, really love animals. I befriended the chipmunks in the backyard to the point that they, you know, were sitting in my lap at one point. I uh, have had rabbits in the past. My family has kept chickens that produced baby chicks and ducks that produced baby ducklings. My family's also kept rabbits. I've always had cats. There isn't a single pet that I wouldn't keep in my house
0: Mm -hmm. yeah you've you've loved animals like more than people for as long as I've known you yeah
1: yeah yeah like this whole internet trend of like oh my god chonky like y'all are behind I've been obsessed with animals (laughs) since I was like five
0: (laughs) nude has been recognizing certain animals as chonky since we've known each other so (laughs) like like I had encyclopedias
1: Shushu, do you remember the dog encyclopedia that I had oh yeah yeah I do remember that I would pull it off the shelf all the goddamn time to be like, these are the breeds of dogs I will consider as an adult. And it's so funny. I still have this book. And Oliver is a mix of two breeds, both of which were like tagged in that book. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm obsessed with animals. I love them so much. Please protect them. Please throw your fucking... Don't use single-use plastics. Stop using straws. Give a shit about the ocean. The coral reef is bleaching. Can you can you stop bleaching the reef before I get a chance to see it?
0: I'm like, is that too much to ask? Dude, should we go to Australia? Like on a fun little can trip? Can we? Yeah. Not right now, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, we should go to Australia. Okay, what about you? Um, I I, like don't know a better way to say this, but I really love like grooming. (laughs) Yeah, that's a good way to say it. Yeah, I I don't think there's any other way to say it, but I love getting haircuts, getting my eyebrows done and just taking care of my appearance at home. I don't know. I just I have done it my entire life uh, Mm. and I find it to be very therapeutic. I just love to take care of myself.
1: I completely agree. It's a a form of self-love, self-care, and self-respect, in my opinion.
0: Yeah, which is funny because, like, I have struggled with, like, self-loathing my entire life. But God forbid I allow one hair to be out of place, you know? It's also a control thing, though, because I've just, yeah, I've just felt like so I'm not in control of the direction of my life, especially growing up, like in the Middle East. That the only thing I could control was like aspects of my appearance. I couldn't even control all of them, you know. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. You and I, you and I, weren't gonna go get pixie cuts in Abu Dhabi. Like,
1: who um, would we have? Like. Where the fuck would we have gone for that's, who would like who,
0: who like who would do these cuts? That's the thing. Like even if I wanted to do to like present myself a certain way, there were still restrictions. So what little things I was able to do, I really held on to with the vengeance and still hold on to. People always tell me I look really put together. You uh, do. Thank you. I put in a lot of effort. I really like it now. It's less about like I can't. It's less about like oh my god, everything in life is just happening and I have no say in any of it. It's more just like I love doing this. I completely get that. I like
1: coloring my hair. That's the form of living that I really enjoy. I have so much fun. Obviously not right now because I can't even go to Sally Beauty because obviously they're a non-essential service and they shouldn't be open. So it's a good thing that they aren't open. That said, I can't go pick out my colors and I, I always like pick out three or four colors and then I like mix them mm-hmm. or I put them in different parts of my hair or like I layer things differently. It's it's just it's another art form that I enjoy. So I completely get you on the grooming and I have to do my eyebrows and I do my eyebrows myself at home um, and I have to do them. But also I feel like I'm in quarantine. Do I Mm -hmm. care?
0: Yeah, see, you know what? I've really been struggling with this. I'm just like, my hair is getting a little too long. Like my eyebrows are Mm -hmm. a mess. That I'm like reaching this like very critical point where I'm gonna have a meltdown because I don't like I won't do my own eyebrows because I have notoriously difficult eyebrows. They're very, very dark and very coarse. Like, Mm -hmm. especially like compared to my hair, which is like a light brown. My eyebrows are like dark 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 brown and so even like accomplished eyebrow artists are like what the fuck is this (laughs) right so I I would never I I would never dare touch them myself beyond doing like the minor cleaning so that like I mean like I don't want like one eyebrow right um but (laughs) but like I can't do more than that because I will accidentally pull off too much yeah
1: I've been doing my own eyebrows now for about Four years and Mm -hmm. the first two years were like there was just always something not quite right about my eyebrows Mm -hmm. but now I think that I've like really perfected my technique
0: Mm -hmm. yeah I'm not I'm not willing to risk it (laughs) that said I literally literally
1: yesterday told Mike that I am seconds away from shaving every hair on my entire head
0: Dude, I, why did I get that, like, feeling yesterday? I was like, I swear to God, if I end up with a mullet, I'm just going to take a trimmer to my entire head. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, you know what? I've always wondered what I would look like with a
1: shaved head. Might as well just do it now. Like. <laughs> I mean, there's no time like the present pandemic. <laughs> right. Okay. Um, Can we take five?
0: Okay. Sorry about that. I'm back. That's okay. So what's something that you love? Interior design. Yes. Why don't you tell us more about that?
1: So I own a house, which is something I say every single day because I'm so grateful for this fact. Um, And when we bought it, it was affordable as far as houses go and far away. Um, But like all of the finishes were really, really old and dull and not cute Mm -hmm. And I was excited as fuck about this because I am an HGTV whore. So, (laughs) like, I am obsessed with, like flipping and home renovations and I've watched every show and I've watched every YouTube channel and it's just so much fun and then I finally got to do it for myself and like decide on how I wanted my kitchen to look and pick out my countertops and my paint colors and Mm -hmm. how things were going to be set up and I like I got to design an entire bathroom like my whole bathroom upstairs shushu you've seen it yeah the the entire thing is completely redesigned we tore out the entire old bathroom and extended everything. And now I have a four-person shower, a double vanity, and a fucking vintage clawfoot tub.
0: Yeah, I, I, as soon as I walked in, I was like, this room has been fully refurbished by nude. <laughs> <laughs> I knew already.
1: Um, So there's still like, I'm still working on the finishing details in the bathroom because it's it's big. Like, it's a big bathroom. I definitely... For resale purposes, probably shouldn't have used up that much of the upstairs for a bathroom. Mm -hmm. But I'm obsessed with bathrooms. Bathrooms are my favorite thing in the goddamn world. A bath is like the single greatest pleasure that you can experience as a human being.
0: Yeah, I mean, I I enjoy baths. I try not to take them too much, but I enjoy them. How come? I just feel like it's a lot of water.
1: Oh, that's fair. Yeah, that is fair. I get that. Um however, it is my only solace. So
0: th- that's fine. No, that you th- that's that's just a me thing, right? Like I get anxious about like really weird things. So I I get it because I get like
1: You're right. I should limit water consumption, but I really love baths. Anyway, I have a clawfoot bathtub that I can luxuriate in but I still need to like fill up the walls bring in some art bring in some plants you know you know what's missing yeah yeah but uh, I got to renovate the house and that was the most fun I've ever had and I have more renovation plans and I would love to design my entire own home I have probably 500 badly drawn sketches of my plans for like my future house
0: yep um yeah, now, is I really this, like Is this the same it- house? Is this the same house with like the horses or is this a different house?
1: No, no, it's the same house with the horses, and wait till I tell you about this fucking sunroom.
0: Okay. <laughs> wow. No, yeah. Sunrooms are amazing. Right.
1: Um, yeah, no. So I have legitimately hundreds of drawings of like me over the years perfecting what I want a house to be. Mm-hmm. And uh, it'll happen one day. I believe it'll happen one day somehow. Yeah. Yeah. I really love interior design and houses. It's just, I like being in pretty spaces. It makes me happy.
0: Yeah, which is funny because it kind of leads into another thing that I love, which is tidying up. <laughs> oh my God, yeah, you do. I love tidy. Like, I just love being in tidy places. I really can't abide by clutter or dirt um I guess it goes hand in hand with the grooming thing but Mm -hmm. a little clutter is okay like sometimes I'll have books scattered around or whatever but I I do have you know there's a place for everything and I try not to have too much stuff at any one time so would you call yourself a minimalist Absolutely not. I, what the, like, no, no. I like love having stuff too much. It's just that I'm really aware of the size of the space that I'm occupying. And so I try not to overfill it.
1: Do you feel like if you had unlimited space that you would like fill up the space you had with stuff?
0: Yes. Because like my favorite thing is cozy neat clutter basically is like the way I would put it like I love I love coziness I like places to feel as like cozy as possible and that usually means like having things in most nooks and crannies right I like the I love the cottage aesthetic like I would love to just live in a cottage um but I Right now, I live in a very tiny studio apartment, and so I'm really aware of the space that I have and that there's not a lot of it. So I try not to have too much stuff, but, you know, I have, like, a very full bookshelf. Mm Mm-hmm. Yep. so do I. (laughs) But, yeah, for me, I'm just, like, not calm unless I tidy. And, like, after we record this, I'm going to go clean because I have to clean on a schedule or else I start to just get, like, irritated with how gross things look.
1: That's so funny. I'm um, Mike and I are both incredibly untidy, but I do get irritated with untidiness. So what ends up happening is that over the course of several weeks, things will become ever more cluttered and then I will lose my goddamn mind and Mm -hmm. then I will clean absolutely everything in a day and then I won't give a shit again for like another three or four weeks.
0: (laughs) Yeah, no, I I operate on like a pretty strict schedule so that I can avoid that explosion. Yeah, see, again, that's probably the healthier way to do it. Yeah, but you've you've been to my apartment. You know that it's like tidy.
1: Yes, it is. Um, very tidy. But
0: not not in like a sterile like environment type of way. Like
1: no, not at all. It has character and personality and it's very obvious that the place is inhabited and loved. It just looks well cared for and well maintained.
0: Yeah, I just I just love to tidy up. It's it's a very um like did have you watched uh, Marie Kondo show on Netflix? Honestly, it triggers me. I can't. Why? <sighs> Okay, so
1: I was reading an article about it was actually the first criticism of Marie Kondo's um, The Magic of Tidying Up. And I completely understand that this is a movement that has helped millions of people. And to all of you who have been helped by Marie Kondo, God bless and like go forth. For me, though, I was always like uncomfortable and all of these YouTubers were like, I'm giving away all this stuff. I'm going through all of my stuff and I'd watch it and it would be satisfying. But there was always this anxiety. And then I read this article saying that um, the minimalist movement does not take into consideration the trauma of displacement and instability. And it talked about the way that people who specifically people who had lived through the Holocaust. um, really like to keep a lot of things not to the point of hoarding because hoarding is an entirely different um hoarding is its own uh issue under like its own mental health classification so i'm not talking Mm -hmm. about hoarding but they like to keep extras of things they like to have more than they need rather than less than they need and shushu i'm sure you've noticed every single corner of my house is filled to the brim with stuff i don't like getting rid of things um it makes me anxious i don't know what i need when i need it or what's going to come in handy now if something is wrecked or broken or obsolete or no longer useful in any way obviously i have the presence of mind to be like i'm going to get rid of this Um, but no i don't generally tend to get rid of much
0: so counterpoint though marie kondo is not a minimalist Uh, And that's not what she preaches. It's just teaching people how to go through their things if they want to. In that if you have like 500 sweaters and you're like, I would rather have 200 sweaters, not 500. You go Mm -hmm. through each one and think to yourself, does this spark joy in me? And if it doesn't, you thank it and put it in the giveaway pile because it served its purpose. So, So, like, she would never encourage people to get rid of things for the sake of it. You're getting rid of things because they no longer spark joy in you.
1: In which case that's going to happen when I do one of my big tidy ups, which happened twice a year, April and October.
0: Yeah. And and so, and so like I gut my closet every so often, but it is kind of using that, like, does this inspire like, in me anymore or not, which I think is completely different than minimalism, which is she's not a minimalist at all.
1: That's totally fair. And you make a good point. Um, the Marie Kondo method. I feel like in the many iterations of um, imitation, it became minimalism in the mainstream.
0: Yeah, I mean, like, I can't speak for YouTubers, because I don't know. And also, they're probably wrong. I just know that her method as it stands and what she preaches is if you're struggling to get rid of things, just ask yourself if it sparks joy. That's it.
1: Yeah, that's completely fair enough. But uh, like, okay, for example, going through books, I would never go through books. I, I will never get rid of a book. It doesn't matter how long it's been there. It's my book. I'm not getting rid of my book.
0: I I plan to have a vast library. But that's because your books spark joy on you, so she would not want you to get rid of your books.
1: Do you remember the freak out, though, when she told people that they needed, not that they needed, but that she recommended they keep how many books?
0: So actually, this was a whole thing, and I I, I do want to people to be aware that a lot of the criticism of her specifically was also and especially in that context there was a lot of racism in these arguments so are you serious yeah dude because she's like not white so she again would never if you want to she has said herself if you want to have 500 books and every single book sparks joy and you have them literally have them keep them just get rid of the ones that you hate like there are books that I don't like and I get rid of books pretty often because if I read a book and I'm like, this sucked, this inspired nothing in me but disgust, I will get rid of it. Um, and you don't just ha- you don't have to like toss it like I've sent books to like women's prisons like like there are people out there who maybe would, you know, enjoy it more. Um, that's fair.
1: That's a so, that's a good point, And I can get behind that. Um Yeah. I don't like getting rid of things. I do do a closet um, reorg every couple of years, uh, but most of the stuff stays like in my family between me and my mom and like a couple of cousins. So if I need it back, I can like probably get it.
0: Yeah, and and I mean, th- that's fine. That's fine. I, I like do like actual, like I got my closet and like go through my stuff pretty often, but that's because, uh, and I was never like that. Um, that wasn't really part of my tidying up. But I found that I feel a lot more cleansed, I guess, when I'm able to let go of things. And because I'm the kind of person who also likes to like, you know, buy things, I'll think to myself, well, you want this new sweater, make space for it in Mm -hmm, your closet mm -hmm. by getting rid of this old one. Because this new thing sparks joy in you. There is something in your closet that you haven't worn in months, you know? Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. I I get that. That's fair.
0: So that Uh, I do a lot.
1: I completely get that. I think I did it more when I had a smaller closet. and now that I have more room, I've been giving myself more freedom,
0: yeah, which but is- yes, I love tidying. I think I don't I think gutting your space is is really good. Um, yeah, but only get rid of the you. stuff that only get rid of the stuff that you want to get rid of, right? nobody is nobody's holding your hand to the fire to toss it all out. Dude, YouTubers yeah. take everything to the extreme. <laughs> like, Yeah,
1: yeah, they really do. They really do. Um, y- yes, you can tidy up without decimating your collections, which leads know. me into the thing I love. I love collections.
0: <laughs> what do you collect other than plants?
1: Uh, Winnie the Pooh memorabilia,
0: mm-hmm.
1: Alice in Wonderland memorabilia, mm-hmm. books, um, versions of books. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm
1: um trinkets i i love to collect little trinkets things that i find at the thrift store things that i find in random places just like little things just to like fill shelves i love love collecting trinkets Mm -hmm. i collect music um but that's like a digital collection but i'm like proud of my collection I've started collecting vinyl records, mm-hmm. but that's like really hard to find good ones at thrift stores. And I don't want to buy any new vinyl records because they're like $50. Why would mm-hmm. I do that to myself? Yeah. Um, Yeah. What else do I collect? I feel like that's most of what I collect.
0: Yeah. You have a lot of collections. Oh, I also
1: collect experiences. <laughs>
0: So you, like, so, so you like live your life?
1: <laughs> no, no, more like, more like, um, so I've gone skydiving. Um, I've gone, I've gone scuba diving. I've gone snorkeling. I have ridden horses. I have fed chipmunks out of my hand. So basically I have like a running, uh, list, a, a running bucket list and, I check things off as often as is possible, sometimes for a birthday, sometimes for an anniversary. But like there's some pretty wild stuff on there. Like I want to hand glide. I want to scuba dive the coral reefs. I want to get my scuba diving instructor um, certification.
0: Mm-hmm. Like
1: I want to, you know, those big gold maps where you scratch off the countries you've been. Mm-hmm. I have a running list of the countries I've been like. That's what I mean. Mm hmm. And it feels like a collection, you know, like I go back and I revisit and it feels like looking through. Like, I also collect crystals and I started collecting crystals when I was three years old. <laughs> yeah. So I have like a bunch of like little ones just fucking everywhere in the
0: house. Yeah, you most certainly do. Man, I collect a lot of shit. I like to collect things. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You you have a thing for collect for collections. Yeah, I really do.
1: Yeah, I like stuff. I'm sorry.
0: (laughs) I mean, there's nothing wrong with liking stuff. It sparks joy in you. It's allowed.
1: (laughs) It really, really, really does. And like, sometimes it's the craftsmanship. Sometimes it's the creativity. Sometimes it's the aesthetic. There's just something to love in everything. I guess that's not true for everyone, huh? No, it's not. I really love everything in my house.
0: Yeah, I mean, like, I think that's good. I think you should surround yourself with things that you love. What a privilege. Yeah, it is a privilege. I o- I always say this. I've said this on this podcast like a million times. It is an amazing thing to have the capacity to love things like we do. It's right? true. And I say that as someone who is, like, roasted for being, like, too passionate about things. There's no such thing. If you love things, that's amazing. How can someone roast someone for loving stuff? I don't get it. Yeah, but it's like, oh, you just love it too much. Like, you're going too far with it. I'm just like, what's the alternative? Being boring as hell? No, thank you. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> okay. okay, so what else do you love, Shushu? So this is my last one. Uh, I really love fashion. Uh, And I think you, you, yeah, you love fashion too. I know. But um, I, so for me, it was kind of like a complicated journey because in Abu Dhabi, I don't think we had that much variety for clothes. I don't know if you agree with that.
1: Shireen, do you not remember the one pair of pants I ever found and loved that I wore all the fucking time?
0: Yeah. So yeah. So we had no variety is what you're
1: telling me. I had what? I had one pair of pants that I felt fit by aesthetic. One.
0: Yeah. So um, and it's re- so it's really difficult to cultivate an aesthetic uh, in Abu Dhabi, I think, mm-hmm. unless you're unless your aesthetic is Abu Dhabi girl. I don't know. But um, our, <laughs> unless ours your aesthetic fun. is jeans and tops. Pretty much like there's there's not a lot of variety. And on top of it, it's like, oh, like you should dress really modestly. So, you know, that kind of cuts down on the variety as well. Right. Mm -hmm. Yep. So there wasn't much there. And then also on top of that, growing up in Abu Dhabi, I kind of developed this aversion to being looked at. Because I had been harassed or insulted one too many times. Yeah. Yeah, you get it. It's fine. Yeah. But <laughs> yeah. Um, and so, and so, um, I think maybe in 2018 was when one of my super close friends, and she didn't say this like in a mean way, but we were just talking about clothes, you know? Yeah. Um, and she was just like, You never wear anything form fitting. And I was like, What the fuck? It's true. And then I was like, She's right. And then, yeah. and then, of course, like I had just started going to therapy and I was like, I wonder why that is. And it's because I didn't know that I had an aversion to being looked at. But it was kind of like if you wore something form fitting or IB, you would get negative yeah. attention. Right. Oh, a hundred percent. A hundred percent. And so I was like, okay, so I was making a little bit of money as a regenerative medicine intern, whatever. And I was like, I, I can like buy myself a few new things. So I started to kind of like um slowly like gut my closet and kind of get rid of the things that I didn't that I thought maybe I was just wearing because I didn't want to be looked at, right? Not because I was mm-hmm. like, I love this, right? Yeah. Um, and like I still have pieces of clothing from that time. I didn't gut my entire closet because I really? wasn't buying I wasn't buying clothes that I hate, right? But like yeah, you know, that's whatever. True. Um, but I just was like, you know, I can I have a little more freedom now. Like allow yourself that freedom to buy things that maybe the first be, thing you
1: bought with that freedom.
0: I can't remember, but honestly, probably like a dress. Um probably Thank like you. so. So like I've always dressed like really feminine, but since 2018, I've been just like going ham on it. And I also think that was like another thing where like if you dress like really on one end of the spectrum or the other, people will look at you. And my brain is like, nobody's allowed to look at me. But then I was like, but I really love that aesthetic, right? Fuck um, yes. So I never ended up like buying things that were very form-fitting because ultimately that's not my style. But mm-hmm. um. I, I now enjoy dressing up a lot more and have become more comfortable with the fact that people will look at me and I do get, and this is, I'm not boasting. It's just a fact. People compliment the way I dress like out on the street, you know? Um, You dress
1: so beautifully. Of course they do.
0: Thank you. But like, it's, it's just like, you know, I'll get, people will comment on like my outfits a lot. And so I would have never been comfortable with that before, but you know, um shout out to therapy for making it so that Yay, I'm allowed. Yeah, therapy. Yeah, so m- <laughs> like making it that I'm that I'm now comfortable enough at least dressing the way I want um and being okay with the fact that that sometimes means that people will look at me.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And uh fuck them. <laughs>
0: Oh, yeah, and, like, it's not like people, like, ever insult me. Like, I, I, I most, like, like, I, I guess I've, like, now grown used to it, so it's less jarring. You know, like, I was at Target pre-pandemic, everyone, but I was at, like, Target. Um, And, like, this woman and her daughter stopped me, and they were, like, raving about my earrings, and I was, like, <gasps> what cute. earrings? I, every time I'm, like, what earrings am I even wearing today? Like, <laughs> I have no idea. Um... Or like, I'll go to my book club and like, I'll always be wearing a dress and someone will compliment my dress or like, I'll be standing in the produce at Trader Joe's and someone will be like, I love your hair. Stuff like that, you know, like the things yeah. that I have done, the things that I have done that I know, you know, inspire opinions in people, yeah. I'm I'm now okay with like receiving those opinions and like detaching myself from them.
1: Thankfully, most people only share positive opinions out in the world because most people are polite. Um, so thank God for that.
0: Mm-hmm. I think I um, felt like I grew up in an environment where it wasn't always polite. <laughs> so,
1: yeah, no, 100%. We grew yeah. up in an environment where you are more likely to receive a critical comment than a positive one.
0: Yeah, so yeah. Um, um, I also
1: love fashion very, very much. And I've cultivated... I've cultivated several aesthetics. I also receive compliments on my appearance, but mm-hmm. probably from very different groups of people.
0: <laughs> I mean, you and I have really different aesthetics. I don't think we have an aesthetic overlap necessarily. Sometimes
1: we did. We did the day we went to tea.
0: Yes, I, that's why I said sometimes. Like, I know that you have pieces in your closet that are very like Shireen pieces. So, like, an
1: easy way to describe my aesthetic overall is the 1950s. And mm-hmm. then within the 1950s, it'll range from greaser to rockabilly to like your classic pinup. Mm-hmm. And that is my wardrobe.
0: Yeah, yeah. So there, there is some overlap there. I don't stick to a time period necessarily. But um, I pretty much Sometimes when I'm like, "Do I want this dress?" I will ask myself, "Would a Disney princess wear it?" And then I make the call <laughs> <laughs> that it's true, and then I make the call, right? Amazing. And so, and um, that. Arab moms love my wardrobe because they, they, they do. Love, they like love that like hyper femininity thing, right? Um, they really do. And and so that's not exactly what i was going for the approval of the people who insulted me but like okay um it's it's just what happened i i don't know what i don't know that i could describe my aesthetic perfectly uh the way you did but it's very feminine (laughs) it's very feminine it's very like this person would live in a cottage if she could in the woods A hundred percent. And so next week, you guys are going to get another interview episode. But in that episode, we talked about kind of dressing like your art. Um,
1: Fuck, that was a good conversation.
0: It's a really good conversation. So you guys will hear it next week. But like in my art is romance writing. And so that also has started to very heavily inform the way I dress.
1: Nice. I like that. I love your wardrobe. I love everything you own. Thank you. So, okay, for our listeners, I know that I've mentioned like my body before, and I I mention it because it's something that I spend a lot of time thinking about. I have never been diagnosed with an eating disorder, and I have never been hospitalized for my eating behaviors and patterns, Mm -hmm. but I have displayed characteristics of disordered eating. since I was nine years old, because nine years old is when everything went to shit. I had like nine good years. Oh, <laughs> I <swear to> God. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then like my my dieting started and my weight has like my weight fluctuates by 40 pounds a year. Like within the course of a year, there is a 40 pound fluctuation and Mm -hmm. it is unhealthy and it is not good for me and it is not good for my self-esteem and it is not good for my wallet because I have to buy clothes in such a large range of sizes, Mm -hmm. which is frustrating. So I tend to enjoy fashion a little bit more when I am in one of my slimmer phases. Mm -hmm. I'm currently working with my doctor and a nutritionist and my psychiatrist to keep me in a healthy balance. Mm -hmm. There are a lot of people going into keeping this show running. (laughs) Yeah. So like hopefully I'll be able to get back to a size that I personally feel is more like myself. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like it's not that there's anything wrong with the size I'm at right now and I'm very grateful to my body for being able to do all of the things that it's able to do. I just find myself more aesthetically pleasing at a smaller size. And I enjoy putting in the work to attain that smaller size.
0: That's fine, dude. That's like you're, it's up to you. Like what you want to look like, the work you want to put in. Mm -hmm.
1: I just always feel like I don't want to step on the toes of the body positive movement because I very strongly believe in their message. And I'm always concerned that my own thoughts about uh, my figure could be contradictory to that like I don't ever want anyone to think that I'm encouraging self-hate like I when I take my body to the gym it's with self-love and self-respect not like loathing right
0: yeah no I, I think I think that's fine I think you can be a supporter of the body positivity movement and still do things like work out and like get built and stuff you know
1: dude do you remember how built I used to be
0: yeah you were you're still built though to be fair yeah, but I'm not as like
1: sh- like sharp. I used to be like sharply defined muscle. I was very proud of my body at that mm-hmm. time. Yeah. But yeah, most of my favorite clothes are in a size two. I am currently a size six. I am not pressuring myself to get back in those clothes in any specified amount of time. But mm-hmm. I will be keeping those clothes because they do spark joy, and I do plan to fit in them one, one day again. There
0: you go. That that's the rule, right? Like they yeah. spark joy, they gotta stay. You know, like for, you know, like for me, it was like um, I've I've not had the same struggles as you, so I'm not trying to say I understand, um, but I, I do sympathize because. Um, It's just like this weird relationship with clothing. I don't know, Mm -hmm. like that we have because you and I love clothes so much. We like we like love cultivating an aesthetic, but we just have like like I have problems with my body, too, which would sound stupid to you, for example, but
1: not at all. Not at all. I completely understand. The media has been telling every single one of us that we're fucked up and wrong, no matter how we look.
0: Yeah, it's like no matter your body type, somehow Mm. you are wrong, right? Yep. 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 Somehow you're fucked.
1: (laughs) Yep. And I was there when, like, people would say, like, people would in the same breath talk to the both of us, calling me a fat ass and calling you too small. Like,
0: so, like, can we live? Fuck them, right? Oh, can we live? Like, to combat that, I just started disregarding rules, I guess. Like, I don't really care about fashion rules, right?
1: Yeah, no, fuck that. You can wear a crop top no matter what you're cropping.
0: Exactly. So, like, it's, it's kind of like also rules like, oh, if you're really short, you can't wear long skirts. What the fuck? Like, no, I'll wear whatever the hell I want.
1: That is the most bullshit rule I've ever heard. I actually love long skirts and I'm five foot two so fight me
0: yeah so I'm five feet tall right and I'd always been told that I can't wear like really long I know I I, that I can't wear really long skirts because like it'll make me look shorter but I was like how who the fuck cares at this point I'm already five feet tall (laughs) literally who cares so like (laughs) like it who cares but yeah, so it's like stupid rules like that. Like, oh, you can't do this. You can't do that. Like, who the fuck made up those rules? They're so exhausting and stupid.
1: They're so dumb. They are so, so, so dumb. Wear whatever you fucking want.
0: Yeah, like, and I guarantee you will be happier for it because I I definitely own some things that um, people would maybe find odd, but I just stopped caring because I'm just like, why does it matter to them, right? It
1: really, really shouldn't. You received yeah. a dress in the mail today that I am like in absolute awe of.
0: Yes. So um, to all of my lovers of historical romance, Elizabeth Bennett wears a brown dress with like white shirt sleeves underneath it in the 2005 Pride and Prejudice, which, as I have said, time and time again is the best movie in the world, period. Uh, And I had a replica made because that's how little I care. Like, literally, that is how little I care. I'm like, today, I want to dress like someone from the Regency. I don't care. Fuck yes. I love it
1: so much. I'm, again, so jealous. I wish that I had thought to have a dress made from a movie that I love. But now I'm just going to end up copying you whenever it happens. So
0: I mean, that's totally fine. So I will say to everybody that recently one of my resolutions that we talked about at the beginning of this year, which now feels like 500 years ago because March just won't end. is that I want to be more sustainable in the fashion choices that I make. And I have been sticking to that. So the dress I received today was fully handmade. And my review on the whole process of being more sustainable is that it's more expensive, but I buy fewer things. And that's also good for the environment. So for the most part, I've been... um kind of hiring seamstresses off Etsy who make dresses that I like, and everything is custom fitted. And for someone who is an odd size such as myself, that's great. So my advice to all of you is that check out Etsy, save up for something knowing that it's going to be like an heirloom item that you're not going to give away, you know? Yeah.
1: Yeah, 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 100%. Um so I know that you've been buying less stuff, but I also feel like the photos you've been sending me of what you have bought is just even in the pictures it's like higher quality.
0: Oh yeah, because I've been trying mostly to buy linen things which are which is like it's a heavier fabric and it's actually a more sustainable fabric. And so it it tends also to last a lot longer. So these things will last until like if I have a daughter, but again, no, no green new deal, no kids. But like, <laughs> if I if I have a daughter, I know if I have a daughter, uh, yeah. they will still be around, you know. And I try oh, 100%. to buy. And I try to buy things that are like kind of like timeless, where I'm just mm-hmm. like, this is not going to be ugly in like 2030, you know?
1: Oh, 100%. So I do allow myself a percentage of things that are going to be ugly in 2030 or that will <laughs> come back in 2030, uh, yeah. like neon neon animal print. I allowed myself one item from that insane trend, and I love it.
0: Okay, I love animal print, first of all, and, like, I've loved leopard print my entire life, and I just think that people who hate it are wrong. I'm sorry.
1: Here's the thing. it's It it depends on the piece for me. So you can't just tell me that something is leopard print and I'm, like, going to buy into it immediately. I need mm-hmm. to see the print. If it's even slightly pixelated, I'm fucking out because that looks like such poor quality.
0: Yeah, no. So- you know? Yeah. My 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 advice stands. I think if you want really high quality clothing, you should go find a, an artist or seller on Etsy and see mm-hmm. what they have and honestly just save up for it, telling yourself that this is going to be custom made to your dimensions and mm-hmm. that you are unlikely to find a piece like that in real life. Like it's totally unique, it's fully fitted to you. Like I I'm I was like talking um to a dressmaker on Etsy getting a dress made. And it's like, even down to me being like, can you make this dress longer? And she's like, sure. And I love having that flexibility, right?
1: Yeah, I love that. Etsy, speaking of Etsy, we have a giveaway posted on our Instagram that is running until the 15th of April.
0: Yeah, so if you leave a review on our podcast, on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get... Your podcasts, and you tell us in the comments and tag three friends that you think would really love "Don't Tell Baba." Then you are entered, and you could win a fifty dollars gift card. And then you could ask me for advice on what sh- what dress shops are the best, and I'll tell you. And you can buy yourself a really nice outfit.
1: <laughs> yep. So that's in our Instagram, which is at the Baba Pod on Instagram. We've been doing a little bit more on the stories there, uh, mm-hmm. trying to keep it a little bit more engaging. Honestly, Shereen, correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like our main content, like the content that we really care to put out, is in the podcast.
0: Oh, yeah. 100%. 100%. So,
1: yeah. So we really only use Instagram kind of like as a supplement. Mm-hmm. And we're I, I, at least, am trying to be more present on social media so that I can connect with you guys more. Mm-hmm. But that's not always our number one priority. So if you want to like reach out to us, Instagram is a good place to do it. If you have ideas for more Instagram content that you would like to see, please let me know because like I want to give you guys what you want to see.
0: Yeah, if you guys have anything that you want to see from us, just let us know. Do you have one last thing that you love?
1: So my last thing is going to piggyback off of the last two things, which were collecting and fashion. I collect leather jackets.
0: Yes, you do. (laughs) And I
1: love leather jackets. I have like jackets from Italy. I have jackets from every country I've been to in the world. I have leather jackets in every color. I have a holographic leather jacket from Los Angeles.
0: Yeah, you know, I hate jackets. (laughs) I live in in Canada. That's fair. Like, I I loved my jackets when I was visiting you in February. I was like, what the fuck is this? What fresh hell is this?
1: And you came on like the warmest weekend or you made it the warmest weekend
0: that is true i brought the weather right from los angeles because it's like the weather knew that i would just drop dead otherwise and to <laughs> s- to prevent that it was kind of warm
1: oh yeah no it it wasn't long enough i wish you were here just much 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 longer
0: we like just were skating at the edge of the pandemic beginning though
1: i know holy shit so this has been a cute episode <laughs>
0: This has been a cute episode. I can take us out. <laughs> Please do. Okay, this has been yet another episode of Don't Tell Baba. We hope you enjoyed it and hope you'll stick around for more. Our music is by Ammar on Fiverr. His username is ch6k0r. Post-production is done by Nur's husband, Mike. So thank you, Ammar and Mike. Thanks, guys. For more shenanigans, find us on Twitter and Instagram at the Baba Pod. If you want to drop us a line, call us at 530-32 HADOM. That's five three zero three two four two seven two six. We'll see you next week. Remember to enter our giveaway and also don't tell Baba. Love you, Shu. Love you, nude. Love you all. We love you guys. Bye. Bye.